0: In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Paint Ed with Torlando. This episode is brought to you by Merca, Toyota Susho, and Mark.
1: Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando, your host. So glad to be here today. Uh, folks, we are gearing up. We're getting so close to the expo. Uh, so excited to be down in Orlando the ses- the the conference is called Torlando in Orlando that's not true i tried i tried to get them to name it that they they didn't they didn't want it they rejected me but that's okay i'm no stranger to rejection it happens in life so we got a great show today the legendary bill silverman is with us and if you don't know bill silverman this guy is a staple he is an institution of the paint contracting community of the PCA, he's been involved uh, on, on various levels for the last decade, training contractors and being uh, such a such a valuable resource to our community. So excited to have him on here! He's actually going to be speaking in Orlando at the Expo. That's happening March second through the fourth through the fourth twenty twenty two. Make sure you go to PCA. PaintEd.org and register, get your registration, go down. We're going to have a really great time. If you want to listen to more episodes of this, of course you can find us on Spotify and iTunes and uh, Google play and all those places. Uh, But if you want to watch the show, we have the app, PCA Overdrive, which is like Netflix for painters. It's like Apple TV plus. This is a PCA plus right here. It's called PCA Overdrive. 400 hours of video content, $5.99 a month or free with membership. Go to PCAPaintEd.org to download or find it on the App Store. A lot of great stuff coming out of the PCA. And, uh, uh, man, it's just an exciting time to be a a paint contractor. Some of you are probably uh, growing faster than you, you thought would even be possible. I mean, you know, for a lot of us, we started uh, in the bucket. I was 18 years old when I started painting houses, you know, and, and shoot, how did I get in? You know, my uncle asked me to paint his garage. And then a friend of mine said, my dad has a construction company. Do you know how to paint? I said, well, I painted my uncle's garage. And he said, great, you're hired. And that's how I got in. So many of us get in. Now, I happen to develop a passion for the trade. And for the, for the business side of it, to the extent that, you know, for, for 17 years, I I ran a company and, uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that it's hard. And my initial training in brushing and rolling did not prepare me for what it took to run a business that was learned through trial and error and grit and pain and late nights. Okay. Some of you are going through that right now. And some of you are reaching this moment in time where all of the stuff that you were doing to run your business up to this point is no longer working. Uh, you're you're stressed. You are up at night. You're having dreams about, you know, Miss uh, Mrs. Baker, who, you know, is, is mad because she thinks the colors uh, on on the walls don't match. And, and you got your uh, employees. Who you know you need to be there, but you know, shoot, it's COVID, so they're so they got to call in sick over over just about anything, and rightly so. A uh, lot of a lot of tough things that we're facing right now, and uh, and I'm so glad to have uh, Bill on today. Um, his section on at the expo is going to be titled "How to Develop Empowered Managers." So that's what we're going to get into because uh, I was on the I was on the call. With Bill right before, and he's and he was telling me that look, the, the deal is is that uh, none of us can get everything done, and we're trying to, you know, especially those folks that are that are uh, at that tipping point, crossing into a million, uh, trying to trying to keep growing. They're doing so much, um, and and basically the company's getting too big to run, and now they need to work on developing a management team. In fact most all corporations big companies they're all ran through managers how do they do it that's what we're going to answer today let's go ahead and welcome to the show mr bill silverman hey bill welcome to the show how are you doing
2: thanks hi doing great i uh it's a wonderful day i just got promoted to legend there you go. <laughs> I wonder if my boss will give me a pay
1: increase. Congratulations. Yeah. I doubt it. Legend status, <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't come with a pay increase. It's all, it's all title.
2: <laughs> wow. I'm going to get new business cards pretty soon. Yeah. You'll get
1: the corner office. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get that. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So so Bill, you've been working with contractors for um you know for over a decade. You've seen people go through uh a lot of stuff. I mean uh coming right out of the recession, um you know, trying to build back. Uh now we've gone through COVID, um inflation is a piece of it, the great resignation is going on. Um if there was ever a time where I think contractors are feeling the the squeeze and the push of having too much on their plate, it would have to be now, right?
2: Right. Yeah. 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 It's been a tough time these last few years.
1: Yeah. So what what are you seeing, you know, as you talk to the, the contractors in your groups, what are some of their biggest pain points right now?
2: Biggest pain? I mean, well, it, hiring people is always an issue and it's yeah more than more than ever these days yeah. but it and, and it's also not just hiring people there's more business around than in the last few years than ever before as people have hunkered down at home yeah so you know on the one side you've got less people and more more business
3: mm-hmm.
2: and mm-hmm. that's been a challenge and uh you know to, to try and get everything done on their own with the owners is, it makes it even more difficult. Um, you know, and most owners that I know try and shoulder the burden of everything Yeah, and just impossible at a certain point.
1: Yeah. You feel like you have to be Superman, you know, sometimes. And, and, uh, and if you, if, you know, somebody is, uh, uh, calls out sick or, you know, what that, you know, I mean, like, you just gotta be there. I mean, I, I was, uh, driving, I was driving down uh, my block the other day and I and I saw a house getting, you know, remodeled, recite a new addition, all this stuff. And uh, and out there uh, I saw on, you know, on a ladder pick uh, the general contractor, he was putting up the siding himself, which is, you know, not part of his job description. Right. You know? And I've been looking at that house and it is, it's taken forever, you know, and, and he had, he really, it just seemed like he had no choice, but to get out there himself, you know? He, well into- I don't know.
2: That's a, I what always wonder about that. Cause a lot of owners and contractors think that they have no choice, but they do have a choice.
3: Okay. They
2: sure. if, if they had a t-shirt with a motto on it, it would say, if it's to be, it's up to me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it's when when you're small and you're starting a business it may just be you painting your garage at 18 but as you add people and have a crew or two crews or three crews you know and grow um that's still that model just stays imprinted on your on your t-shirt you know Mm -hmm, that
3: that mm -hmm.
2: anything that's going to happen in the business i'm going to have to make it happen yeah and at a certain point that's no longer true yeah, you can't be the go-to person for everybody. It's a it's a recipe for a, a business that um, stops growing. Mm-hmm. It's a recipe for high stress and, like you said, sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so at a certain point, you know, the owner has to decide that I've got to spread the load around. That I can't do this all myself anymore. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that owners have is making that decision that they're not going to try and do it all on their own, and that they're going to have to find some folks to help them carry the load.
1: Yeah, um, and you and you talk uh, especially in this upcoming presentation the importance of uh, building a management team, which I think is is something that um, you know a lot of paint con- contractors will live and die and never have a management team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but many will, um, can you walk me through this, this process of building and developing and empowering a, a management team? Where, where do I begin if I am just at that point of, you know what, I've been trying to be Superman. I can't do it anymore. I need, I need the help today.
2: Well, I think that's the first step, <laughs> it, <laughs> It's really seductive to think that as your business grows gradually, that you can keep your hands on everything and Mm -hmm. make every decision, solve every problem, do everything, um, that needs to be done in the company. So the first step in getting out of that stress of trying to carry the load on your own is to realize that, um, you can't do it as yeah. a mindset shift that needs to happen. Yeah. Most change starts with a decision that, that um, something's got to give. I can't do this anymore. Totally. Uh, you know, I'm tired of it and I need to find another way to do things. Yeah. Once you do that, then the, the key is, you know, to gradually add new managers as you grow. And uh, so that they can help you run the business and, um, that creates more bandwidth in your business so you can scale it and grow profitably without just adding hours. Mm-hmm. I've seen people try to run the business all by themselves, up to about five million dollars.
3: Mm.
2: But the only thing that they can do to make that happen is to add more hours. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, it starts out 50 hours, 60 hours, 70. Hours, and it just depends on how much of a glutton for punishment the owner wants yeah. to. But you can grow your business profitably with less stress um, if you start to bring on managers and um, train them up to be self-sufficient.
1: Yeah. How, how soon is too soon to think manager?
2: Um, I would say, well, there, there's actually, I mean, when I look at business growth, there's one, the very first phase is, you know, can I even make it? <laughs> it's like yeah. from zero to 250. Mm -hmm. and uh maybe you and maybe you and a couple other people but that that's about it the second phase is can i scale up my business and that's from maybe 250 to uh, around a million Mm so now you know at a million you have maybe 10 people um at that point you're developing crew leads Mm -hmm. and if you develop crew leads they're pretty self-sufficient that really helps
3: Sure. Yeah. But
2: uh, after about a million dollars, somewhere between a million and a million and a half, that's where you, you start to bring in managers. Mm. Um, I've coached some folks that are about 750 and are starting to think about it. The the nice thing about that is they're actually getting in front of the problem instead of waiting. So mm-hmm. they you know they can't grow the business and their stress and hours are going up. Yeah. So they said, Hey, maybe I can Get in front of this, so my business doesn't slow down and maybe even plateau.
1: Yeah, that's,
2: that's as early as I've seen folks do it.
1: Um, Which can be tricky because I think you you start to run into cash flow issues when you when you have non revenue producing people, um, you know, on 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 payroll, right?
2: Yep, yeah, you do, and and a lot of people, the first person they add on that's besides themselves is an office person.
3: Mm-hmm. to try
2: and take some of the admin load away and that lightens up things because if you're an owner and you're doing the admin then you know, you're not doing other things to either make the field more profitable or make the um or spend more time selling and closing business
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, And uh, that would be my question is like, who, who is, you know, if I know that I'm ready and you know I've just reached that point, who, who really is the first person that I, that I need to think about bringing in. uh, Almost
2: almost everybody brings in somebody in the office.
1: Yeah. Because that's,
2: it's low hanging fruit. It's uh, there, there's so much admin that, that, you know, can eat up your, your day, just to have somebody to answer the phone and direct, uh, calls to the right person and um do the paperwork and some things like that Mm -hmm. even you know finished proposals on estimates that you're doing Mm -hmm. does save you a lot of time and makes it possible for you to supervise the crews and sell and do the other things that you you know how to do after that it's you know you have to make a decision about who, who the next person you want to add is
3: yeah
1: and um
2: there's no right answer to this
1: okay you
2: know what i always say what are the
1: considerations
2: well i i I mean i like to believe that you can create a business that you like to run Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so if if you um if you love to sell and you hate operations then hire and hire somebody to run you know run your cruise Mm -hmm. you uh you know um love operations and you hate to sell Try and find somebody that can replace you in, in a sales position, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the, roughly the choice. Yeah, sure. The way I see it, um, but you need somebody that can start to share the load with you because um, when you have multiple crews, uh, you've got more employee moving parts. You've got more customers. You, just so many different things. It, it, it almost uh, the complexity of your business almost expands exponentially, and you need. Yeah somebody that you can, um, almost co-run the business with.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah.
2: Instead of wearing all the hats, maybe you can take off one hat or two hats and give it to somebody else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this, this kind of, this, uh, like fork in the road and, and you decide this, um, you know, I, I feel like I probably needed a little bit more guidance, um, when, when I was making that decision because, um, you know, I'm not sure that I chose the, the right route. I feel like what I did for myself is I started delegating the things that I liked the most. And 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 that's more retrospect. I delegated mm-hmm. the things that I liked the most because I knew how to do them the best. Therefore, I had a system and I was and I knew how to train it. Mm-hmm. And then I put myself in the position of, OK, now I got to figure out how to do this next thing. And, and I really think that that in retrospect, I think that was the wrong way of going about it. Um, but what I've what I've noticed is that I feel like when you bring somebody in that there are, you know, there are archetypes of, you know, it's like it's like thinking about, um, th- you know, the type of person that would um, choose uh, uh, if they were going hiking, they would choose a trail that's already been laid versus somebody who's like, no, I'm going off the beaten path and I'm. I'm, you know, blazing my own trail. Um, I, I think that there are people who are really good at following a, a path that exists. And then there are other people who just really need to figure things out on their own. And when I think about a, a person who really likes the operations and they're great at operations and sales it's just kind of like, yeah, I just go and, and I tell them what I'm gonna do. And then I give them price, and but I don't really have a system. Um, I would think that a the type of person that you bring in might thrive in that or they might fall flat on their face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what kind of structure do you need to have before you offer up a position?
2: It's a good question. Um you know, I've seen a lot of people fail at adding a a manager because, they don't have enough structure. They mm-hmm. just bring somebody in and say, you know, you're a smart guy. I'm going to make you my ops manager. You figure it out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or they'll promote up a crew lead to ops manager and say, you know, it's basically the same thing, except you now you've got to run multiple crews. Go figure it out. Right. And that's like throwing somebody in the deep end and almost always they, they fail. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's you know, I've seen more um, People f- hire incapable folks with potential who fail as a manager because they don't give them the support. Yeah. So it's it's critical that that you have support for them, um, at least the basics of a system.
3: Yeah.
2: I always think about it, you, McDonald's doesn't hire PhDs in fry making. Right. It, you know, they bring in people... And they I mean not at the locations, the but
1: they probably do have some uh, some people up at the very top.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they do, I'm sure they do, but they put them in a system and then you know whoever is in that system can make pretty good fries. Yeah, right. Um you, you need to have a system for them. You could be developing it two steps ahead of them,
3: yeah. <laughs> of the person,
2: sure. <laughs> you need to have some structure because uh most people in my experience are very good at creating structure. Yeah, so you want to find you want to have structure, you, you know, you you want to have somebody that's got some experience in the industry if you can.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, that's good because it makes there, there are a lot of like existing systems. There are coaches like you, there are different systems. The PCA certainly offers a lot of things. Like we don't really have to develop a system from scratch um, you know, there, there are many contractors even that are just willing to share. Um, but I like that there's, I like the idea of support, you know, it, uh, it's a little bit different of a feel than, than having strict processes and, and systems. Um, it's, it's a thing where, yeah, we just need to Help them as they're encountering things, have a little bit of a plan, you know, plan ahead a little bit of of where they're going. But really, it sounds like um, you're really kind of bringing this person in to co-run the business in a lot of ways. So we're actually giving up a little bit more of the power and the trust to run our business than just hiring somebody who can come in and, you know, do A, then B, then C, then D. Is that right?
2: That's exactly right. You, you know, a lot of people will bring in a manager and treat them like a gopher. Yeah. So every day you're telling them where to go, what to do. They're just an extra pair of arms and legs, but you're still making all the decisions, solving every problem, and you're on the hook for everything. What you ultimately, I think wanting a manager is somebody who can it's like you're giving them a chunk of the company and saying this is yours to run right and you're going to hold them accountable for that but but you want to build enough trust in that person that you know that if you're gone for a week they're going to make the right decisions and do the right things so that you don't have to worry about that anymore
1: yeah yeah for sure Um, so, so then, you know, as we were talking before the show, you know, you kind of gave me a little bit of an outline here. So, so then what happens once you start kind of training them, giving them that support, but you're also in a way just kind of co-authoring the, the, the system, uh, which I think is really brilliant because I, when people have co-ownership over something, um, they really, they really like believe in it. And, and it's not just something that they're mindlessly going through. It's something that they like believe is gonna work and also because they you know because their name is on it it has to work or else they're not succeeding mm-hmm. <laughs> but after that there's an element of like this I've I've built this business you know this it has so for some people it actually has their name on it right uh, <laughs> and, and, and being able to let go and empower and enable that person, um, you know, it, sometimes it's a, it's a step that's really hard. Um, not,
2: wait, wait. not sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say out of the folks that I work with and talk to maybe 85% of them have trouble letting go. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, when, when, when you're developing a manager, there's two, t- you each, it, you each play a role. You, you have to you have to teach them things that they have to learn mm-hmm. to take so you're giving them responsibility they're taking it
3: mm-hmm.
2: but you have to let go if you're not willing to let go and that's sort of a big problem I see is that some owners won't let go enough to let the person grow and develop um you know, there's a there's a term in parenting called helicopter parents or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. parents or snowplow. They're all the same thing. Yeah. But if you hover too much and you clear a path for your kids, they're never going to learn how to clear a path for themselves. Yeah. Are they going to make mistakes along the way? Sure. But if you don't let them try things and and succeed or fail, um, they're never going to learn and you're never going to build trust that they're going to be able to do it. So you'll micromanage mm-hmm.
3: and,
2: and they'll be helpless.
3: Yeah, and
2: that's not a great it's yeah. not a great recipe for having a, a manager who's going to take the load off your off your back.
1: Yeah. And that word trust is so is so important. You know, I know in, in the scouts, for example, when they're you know teaching, uh, uh, you know, 10 year olds how to start a fire, the, the idea is you train then trust. Um, not, not easy to do when you know, it's an 11 year old with a, uh, with a lighter, but train than trust, um, when it's with your company, uh, and it's your livelihood and you're seeing the, 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 the money go up and down and you're seeing the, you know, you're seeing good reviews and you're seeing, you know, some customer feedback. I think that element of trust is, um, it's very much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are things that we can do to find those people that we can trust and then to continually foster that relationship so that we continue to trust them?
2: Well, you know, um trust is a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, letting go is a scary thing. And I don't I'm not a big believer in this cold turkey letting go, you know, mm-hmm. sure throw them in the deep end and see if they swim. It's really about giving them gradual, you know, giving your manager or managers gradual um, increases in authority and responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think a lot, uh, training empowered managers is a lot like teaching a kid how to ride a bike. And, you know, first you use the training wheels. Mm-hmm. And so they can just learn how to balance and steer and pedal at the same time mm-hmm. it the, the training wheels up a little bit so they can wobble then you take the training wheels off and you run behind them but you don't do this in the middle of you know i-95 and you know, yeah shower. You, you, you do it on the sidewalks with grass on either side and you gradually let go for a second and then a couple seconds and then a few more seconds and the more they learn how to balance the more willing you're you are to let them go um Mm. if they fall if you do it on a sidewalk hopefully there's grass on either side so they don't hurt themselves and that's kind of what your managers you have to teach them you know what their role is and how the role works and how the business makes money and how to solve their own problems Mm -hmm. and gradually you give them more and more authority um -hmm. you know i've seen uh Owners with salespeople say, um, y- you can estimate anything $5,000 or below anything above $5,000. I want to um, see the estimate first. Mm. They're just keeping the, the gates tight so that, you know, they maybe they'll, they may screw up a less than $5,000 estimate, but you don't want them screwing up really bad on of. $30,000 estimate, right? Right, right, so right, right. the more they learn, the, the bigger the, the, the birth you're going to be able to give them. Yeah. Because they've shown that they can do it. They're building trust. And the yeah. more they build, the more willing, you know, you as an owner are to letting go.
1: Yeah. This is, uh, you know, this is, this is really interesting to me because, you know, I'm, I'm also trying to think of this from the employee's perspective. You know, if I'm if I'm a uh, you know if I'm a guy young guy in the field and I you know the my boss recognizes that I have the gift of gab and and uh, I'm really good you know with the customers and I'm always upselling while I'm on the job and you know boss thinks hey you might have a shot at being a uh, an estimator then yeah I think I'm in a place in my career where Sure, I need a little bit more coaching, a little more coddling there. Um, but if I'm coming in and I have, you know, 17 years experience and like I just got tired of running production and I just want to focus on sales and um, and and I'll certainly be a good good employee. But like I don't need training wheels like I've been through this. Um, is there, is there, um, an element of like, oh, well, that's just not a good hire to begin with. Or is there an element of, um, you know, as a, as a, as a leader, do I need to kind of explain that? Like, Hey, I know that you have all this experience we're going to, you know, this is a, this is a process of us kind of figuring out where that lies, figuring out, you know, and, and just be patient Uh, because because I can tell you that for somebody who has the experience and may be used to having enough authority to make a decision like selling over a five thousand dollar job if they came in and now they got to approve it at this place that's going to be like I feel like that hurts the trust on the other side
2: I think it's all in the how you serve it up yeah I've uh I've had a lot of Situations where an owner will hire a, you know, a, a, an experienced person, salesperson, mm-hmm. ops person, doesn't matter, and they'll say, "Well, they they told me they're experienced, so I'm just going to let them go."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, they're not always as experienced as the, as advertised. <laughs> sure. Um, and a lot of times they do things in ways that you don't do them at your company.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so you know I think that there is a gradual trust building process on both sides mm-hmm. so I think it's the the best way to serve it up is to say look you're new to the company you know you, we're new to each other um, I'm gonna start with the basics and you um, Make sure that you've got the bases covered the way I will want them covered. And the more you can show me, the quicker we're going to let go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even saying things like, I know this may seem a little basic to you right now, but just bear with me, mm-hmm. if you know, yeah. if you're everything that you said you were, it won't take us long to to do that. But, but I, you know, I need to, to be able to build that trust in you. Yeah. And, um, I think a lot, a lot of things, a lot of ills can be solved by just agreements between people. Yeah. If you just do it without explaining the method behind your madness, some inexperienced person could feel bad. But yeah. if you explain why you're doing it and how it's going to unfold, they might not mind at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So if, if we kind of get this right, you know, this... Empowering our managers and developing them. What, what, what does it look like on the, you know, on the other side of the rainbow, so to speak? You know,
2: it, when I talk to folks that have businesses of over a million dollars, and I say, "What is, this, what do you want in your business mm-hmm. beyond sales and profit?" The, you no, know, the number one thing they always say is a business that can run without me. Mm-hmm. Not that they're gonna leave completely but Mm -hmm. nice to be able to go on a vacation for a week or two and you know that the business isn't going to be a shambles when you get back so on the you know what does it look like on the other end of the rainbow it's it's managers who know what their jobs are who treat the part of the business that you've entrusted to them like um like they're an owner in the business
3: Mm -hmm.
2: that um that they're taking full responsibility and they know the buck stops with them. Mm-hmm. You know, they can make decisions and solve problems and manage their team in a way that um, you as an owner know that if, if they say they're going to do it, it's done.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It, I mean, it's an amazing thing when it happens. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just such a weight off your shoulder. You know, at the beginning of the process, I don't know, there's there's a spectrum of accountability, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. On
2: the on the, the one side, you as the owner, if it's to be, it's up to me, the owner, you're holding them accountable. And not not that holding people accountable is a bad thing. Right. But it's the I'm holding you. Mm. You know, I'm not gonna let you budge too much because if I let you budge too much, um it won't get done. That's yeah. on the one side. Yeah. It's this gradual letting go process. On the other side of the rainbow, as you were saying, they're actually taking responsibility from you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So now you're no longer holding them accountable because they've taken that responsibility. They own it. They know they own it. Yeah. There's very little management that you need to do on them anymore.
1: Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Bill, so much. Uh, Bill's going to be at Expo down in Orlando, Florida, March 2nd through the 4th. I believe your talk is on Thursday at 10. Uh, come check it out, Bill Silverman. And, uh, you know, Bill, I appreciate you, you talking with us today. Thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
1: Absolutely. All right, folks, there you have it. Bill Silverman, Uh, really good, tried and true, uh, you know, experienced advice there. Uh, Undoubtedly, he's talked with so many contractors over the years, coached uh, so many of them and uh, just just sound solid words of wisdom there. Um, As you are trying to grow your business, um, it's important to have folks like this around and it's important to uh, stay close to the PCA. Um, so make sure that you, uh, you know, definitely keep listening to the show. Come see us in expo, come on down March 2nd through the 4th, Orlando, Florida. Uh, we'll go, you know, you know what, maybe we'll go see Shamu. If uh, you know, how about that? I'm not making that promise, so I'll take that back, but you know, because I don't, because Shamu actually, Shamu's gone. I'm, I'm sorry, folks, Shamu's is very. That was a, a whale from the seventies. Shamu is gone. Uh, there's a different whale there now. Uh, but I am so excited to go down to Orlando and hang out with you guys. Uh, come on down and thank you
0: for listening. Paint podcasts are produced by the painting contractors association and is made possible by members and industry partners.